Hey there, it's Friday, February 11th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms that you can find out there. Boy, oh boy, I had a whole different show planned for us today, but Dawson Garcia has decided to upend all of that. We were going to talk about Caleb Love's shooting woes, but uh, we're going to have to save that for Monday, you know, unless he lights the world on fire this weekend, and uh, then it'll be awesome. We won't have to talk about it. And then we were going to break down and explain the NCAA's quad system and how to understand and interpret all of that quad talk that you hear going on. But you know what? We're going to save that for Monday, too. And then we're certainly still going to look ahead to Carolina hosting Florida State tomorrow in the Smith Center. But before we do, we need to spend some time unpacking Thursday's bombshell news. Literally yesterday, right here on this podcast, we listened to audio of Coach Hubert Davis from earlier this week discussing his hopes for Dawson Garcia to be back with the team at some point this season. But it turns out that was all wrong. <laughs> Literally less than 24 hours after that podcast published, North Carolina announced Thursday afternoon that Dawson Garcia is going to stay home in Minnesota and miss the remainder of the 2022 season while continuing to help with the ongoing family medical issues that his, his tribe is dealing with right now. You know, I don't believe Coach Davis intentionally misled us with those remarks earlier in the week, uh, with that audio we listened to yesterday. I think he said what he knew at that moment, and that things have just simply changed in the days since. Well, Garcia put out a statement on Thursday, and it reads like this. Quote, I cannot thank everyone enough for the unbelievable support that is automatically being given to me while I flew home to support my family. Not everyone will understand, but those who know our family are very aware of the circumstances and challenges we are facing. As much as I love this university and basketball, being in the middle of a health crisis is where our family is right now, and it's where I need to be. After the loss of several very special family members this past year, I came close to losing my dad in December, and my grandma is currently in the ICU. With my dad recovering and my grandma fighting for her life, it's not even a question to me where I need to be right now. My family is my world and I will always be there for them. The past few months have quickly changed my perspective on life and I have put this into God's hands and trust his guidance. Times like this bring out the beauty in God's people and I thank all of Tar Heel Nation, my coaches and my teammates for all the love and support. I thank you for lifting us up with your powerful prayers. The university, this team, and fans are special. Go Tar Heels. Hashtag Romans 828, end quote. And, and just for your reference, Romans 828 reads, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So again, that is a quote, uh, a statement put out by Dawson Garcia. Carolina included it in their press release, and Garcia also put it on his social media. 
And then uh, Coach Davis also made a statement as part of the announcement. He says, quote, I love coaching Dawson and understand his primary concern right now is his family's health and welfare. And his focus continues to be with them as it should be, says UNC coach Hubert Davis. We miss him being part of our program and wish him and his family well and look forward to his return to the game at the appropriate time, end quote. So for our purposes here on the podcast, I see two main big aspects to address, both the personal considerations and then the team considerations. So, so let's break those down one at a time. First, the personal side of things. Honestly, frankly, I'm glad that Dawson ha- is doing what he believes is best for he and his family in this moment. I, I, th- I believe that student-athletes need to have the, the agency to be able to do what's in their best interest. Think about it. If he was forced to stay in Chapel Hill, not wanting to be there, he would grow to resent it. He would he would be frustrated. He he just would not be focused in on what's happening and and that would only cause bigger issues. Teammates would see him being checked out. Coaches would wonder if he's putting forth his best. Can we trust him on the court? Is he going to remember what we're asking him to do? If he was forced to stay in Chapel Hill, frankly, his mind would be elsewhere. It would not be on the task at hand. It would not be on what everyone else is doing. Even as a, that's just basketball. Even as a student, he, he would probably be struggling to, to maintain his grades and study and do all the things on that side of being a student athlete. And so on the personal side of things, good for Dawson for making this decision and rolling with it. Now, from the team aspect... Let's not mince words. This is a major blow to Carolina's depth and postseason hopes. Losing a player of this caliber, this skill set, just it simply cannot be replaced over the course of the final seven regular season games and any postseason games that Carolina is fortunate enough to play in. Uh, While the news, though, is difficult, uh, let me say this. I think it's ultimately better for the team's cohesion Why so? Well, there's no longer the lingering uncertainty of, will Dawson come back? When will Dawson come back? What will the rotation look like when Dawson comes back? Will he eat into my minutes? How, uh, you know, we've we've learned each other as a team over these games that he's missed. How how do we come back together if he's back? And so none none of that is in question anymore. That uncertainty is gone. And so now it's time for the likes of of Puff Johnson, of Justin McCoy, Kerwin Walton, and, and even potentially f- the, the freshman, Dontre Styles and, and DeMarco Dunn, to take steps forward. Now, obviously, n- none of those players individually can be Garcia or, or match what he brought to the team or have his unique skill set. Um, but being able to, to continue to grow in these final games of the season would be monumental for what Carolina is able to do. And beyond that, this is another loss of depth, and the starters just simply can't maintain the minutes that they've been logging recently. Uh, Coach Davis has to be able to rely on the second unit of guys to step in and do what they need to do. Obviously and unfortunately, there's just no one in the front court that has his size or skill set, and that's just gone. Uh, obviously, you wish someone like Walker Kessler was still around, but let's recognize this. If Walker Kessler was here, Dawson Garcia never would have come to Carolina in the first place. 
And I'm also saying this. Make sure you hear me here. I'm not saying it's better for the team to be without Garcia. Obviously, Carolina is an infinitely more complete team with him. What I am saying is that the finality of this decision allows the remaining Tar Heels and coaches to move forward, to move ahead, knowing, hey, this is our team. These are the guys I'm going to battle with game in and game out. We love Dawson. We wish him the best. We wish he was with us, but he's not. And this is the group of guys we have. And so this is the team we're going to roll out onto the court with on Saturday to face Florida State. And so we're going to talk about that game in a few minutes. But before we get there, I want to talk about Dawson Garcia's future. What's next for him? Where does he go from here? We'll talk about all of that next. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as we march right up to the big game this coming Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, and UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, what is next for Dawson Garcia? Well, we're going to talk about that right here, but first let me remind you that it is Super Week, and Super Week is brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. The Locked On Bengals crew, the Locked On Rams crew are out in LA all week covering the big game. It's just two days away. Can't wait to see the commercials. Can't wait to see it. Funny story, my boss His name is Matt Stafford, and so people are always giving him a hard time about being an NFL quarterback. Pretty hilarious because he is not a quarterback. I love you, Matt, if you happen to be listening to this, but, you know, you're not an NFL quarterback, and the real Matthew Stafford is. (laughs) Love that. So here's what we need to unpack next. Specifically looking ahead at Dawson Garcia's future, what does it hold? I think the the two main questions we all think of are, will he come back to Carolina next season, or will he move on to something in the professional ranks, hopefully for him, obviously, the NBA? Well, at this point, it's almost impossible to know the answer to either of those questions because of his family situation. He talked about his dad's health and his dad currently recovering, and his grandma, who is fighting for her life in ICU. And, I mean, it, in, in, there's no conceivable world in which it seems like he's going to be in the right place to start making those types of decisions until his dad is recovered, and hopefully his grandma reco- is recovered. Or, God forbid, one or both of them um, unfortunately pass away. Please, please, that not be the case. You know, the, those are the two possibilities that they both recover or or something worse might happen. And, and only at that point will Garcia be able to start making some of these decisions and processing where he goes from here and what's that what that looks like and what is best for him and his family. Uh, you, we have to recognize that when we start to realize the the finality of life around us, it, it shifts our perspective. As Garcia mentioned in his statement, it causes, causes us to put importance on other things and, and different things. 
And so, yes, this is a young man who loves this game, who has a body for it, who has the skill set for it. But when he's faced the things he's facing right now, is he going to want to continue? Is he going to want to take some time off to just help his family? Is he going to want to pour himself right back into the game? Nobody knows that at this point. And, and even when all these things have finished, will he be in the right headspace immediately to make the best decision? Who knows? <laughs> That's where we're at right now. There's nobody that knows. Now, let's say we get through all this and, and please all of, all of his family uh, heals and, and is better. And then he starts to make these decisions. And then he decides, hey, I, I do want to move on and, and go on to the next level. Well, here's where we're at with that. I, I've been looking around. I, I always check in on, an, on NBA draft boards and, and mock drafts and things of that nature. And I have not seen his name on any mock draft, at least in those two drafts. There's several mock drafts that they will put like honorable mentions afterward. And I've seen him in a couple of those. But literally in no NBA draft uh, um, board have I seen where he is listed in those two draft rounds. And so I think what that means at this point is that if Dawson declares for the draft, then it's going to be more about going to find out where am I at? What do I need to work on? What what can I do to improve to be more highly regarded in the eyes of NBA personnel? That I, I think is something he should do, right? That That has been made available to these college players to do so that they can learn where they're at and how to grow. Armando Baycott took advantage of that last offseason. We, we've seen several Tar Heels do that through the years and come back uh, ready to go. And so I, I think, honestly, that is probably his best path forward right now is to declare for the draft, go through the process, learn what he needs to do, and then just work his butt off this offseason to get better at those things come back to Chapel Hill, have a dominant 2023 season, all ACC caliber, maybe ACC player of the year caliber. Why not while we're thinking about it? And then, then he can rise up those draft boards and get into that 2023 NBA draft. That seems to me like a best case scenario right now for Dawson Garcia, just with where he's at. He, he hadn't, let's, let's be honest about this. He hadn't been having what I would call a dominant season to this point already. He had had some glimpses, but uh, there were, there's times where he disappears a little bit and, and other teammates uh, trump him and, and jump over him and make a bigger and more lasting impact. I'm not convinced that even if he had been healthy, that Brady Manick wouldn't have supplanted him in the starting lineup anyway at some point this season. And that's where we are now, is with Manick in that slot. And so if, if he does choose to enter his name in the draft, I think that's a great decision, but it's going to be for the, for the purpose of learning and finding out how to move on next. And, and just like all of us out here who are Tar Heels fans, we want to support him and, and help him walk through this and, and cheer for him and encourage him. And we're excited to see how Dawson, Garcia, Dawson Garcia's future plays out and to watch his family support him along the way. Well, the rest of the 2022 Tar Heels are going to take on Leonard Hamilton's Florida State Seminoles on Saturday, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But first... Let me tell you about Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Give me all of that. 
They're low in calories, high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with them. A typical candy bar, let's be honest, has, you know, two, 300 calories in it. But most of these Built Bars are coming in at just 130. So go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to see all these numbers and you'll be blown away that in addition to the high protein and low calories we already talked about, these bars are high in fiber and low in carbs. Here's some numbers for you. I already said 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. Man, anybody doing that keto diet coming out of New Year's? Hello, I'm doing it. Man, trying to shed that weight. And 17 grams of protein. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com. Before we get to North Carolina and Florida State, let's take a quick run around the rest of the ACC action coming up this weekend. There are seven games in total, six games outside of the Carolina-Florida State game. Each of these are on Saturday. Let's run through them. First off, Miami at Wake Forest, 3 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network Extra. Currently, Wake is sitting in third place in the ACC, 10-4. and four. Miami's tied with Carolina in fourth at 9-4. and four. So this is essentially a game for third place. And in terms of standings implications in the ACC, the most important game of the weekend. So, of course, it's on ACC Network Extra. That makes all sorts of sense, right? No, none at all. Everything else is on ACC Network or ESPN or ESPN2. But sure, let's put the best game... Uh, most important game, at least, of the ACC standings uh, on ACC Network. Let's do better in the future. Anyway, I digress. The other games coming up. NC State travels to Pitt. That's also 3 o'clock Eastern on ACC Network. Georgia Tech is at Virginia, 4 o'clock on ESPN2. Duke travels up to Boston to take on Boston College at 5 Eastern on ACC Network. Syracuse is at Virginia Tech, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. And Notre Dame is at Clemson. That's 7 o'clock on ACC Network. Man, this has been a gauntlet of a week for the Tigers. Hosted Carolina on Tuesday, hosted Duke on Thursday, and then has to welcome in the Irish on Saturday. Thankfully for them, all three of those are at home, but so far they are 0-2. Notre Dame is looking to win that game to keep track with Duke atop the ACC standings. But now, the game we are waiting for, 2 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN, Florida State at North Carolina. Leonard Hamilton is bringing his perennial gaggle of seven-footers to the Dean Dome. Seriously, there's four seven-foot basketball players on this roster. How does it continue to happen? I think he sends his assistants out to just scour the globe to every village and town and city and say, bring me all your seven-footers. I'll have them in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> I don't know how. Seriously, where, where do they all come from? Anyway, Florida State is sitting at 13-10 and 10 overall. They are 6-7 and seven in the ACC, tied with Virginia Tech for 8th in the conference and uh, three and five on the road. Carolina, on the other hand, 17 and seven overall, nine and four in the ACC, tied with Miami for fourth. And so uh, that's another reason we are going to be keeping close tabs on that uh, Wake Forest Miami game because that'll have implications for Carolina's conference standings as well. Uh, Carolina, as you know, is 12 and one at home. They were undefeated until, uh, you know, something that 
may or may not have actually happened last Saturday. No, it happened. Carolina got blown out by Duke. First home loss of the season. Weirdly, Florida State has hit the skids lately. They were 6-2 and two in the ACC at one point and have lost now five in a row. That's right. Leonard Hamilton's Florida State Seminoles are on a five-game losing streak. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Wake Forest, and just lost to Pitt. And so now are 6-7 and seven in the ACC. Uh, they, To be fair, they've struggled with injuries. Uh, several people are done for the season and have others that have been in and out of the lineup. But uh, of this five-game losing streak, three of them are at home. And so I I'm really curious to see this happen live, see what's going on with Florida State. I, I To be uh, honest, I didn't get to see that Pittsburgh game, but um, it's Florida State. It feels like Leonard, Leonard Hamilton always has them ready to go, and so not sure what is going to happen on Saturday. And so because of this losing streak, it sounds like a gimme, right? should be. Easy win. Let's pick it up. Let's keep on trucking. But... Man, it's still Florida State. It's still Leonard Hamilton. Sure, injuries, whatever. They're still going to be athletic and long and play tough and aggressive basketball. And Carolina is going to have to be ready to respond to that. Because as we've seen in the past, Carolina often struggles when playing Florida State um, because of all that athleticism and length. And so uh, the Tar Heels are going to have to be ready to go. Now, Also, let's not kid ourselves because Carolina is very firmly on the bubble and has to have this game, and truthfully, every game down the stretch. But, you know, one at a time, let's take care of this one. Because with the weakness of the ACC this season, Carolina cannot afford any losses, uh, especially one against a team like this. Believe it or not, uh, Florida State, is way down in the NCAA's net rankings, which is where the quads are based on. And so a loss to Florida State is actually right now a quad three loss, and Carolina just cannot have that. The The one big feather in their cap right now is that although they are 0-7 in quad one, they are undefeated in the other three in quads two through four. And so uh, any blemish in those latter quadrants would be no bueno. So Carolina has to take care of business at home Saturday against Florida State. Here's a couple things that I'm going to be on the lookout for. Number one is Carolina's backcourt. Man, R.J. Davis had a phenomenal game. Great floor game. Ran thing, ran the offense well against Clemson on uh, Tuesday night. He was mixing scoring and distributing and did all that while protecting the ball, keeping possession for Carolina, which you know in basketball is of the utmost importance. More possessions equals more shots equals more points. It sounds like duh, but it's a real thing. So uh, Tuesday night, Davis had 16 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 3 or 4 from deep, and then he had 6 assists and 0 turnovers, and that's what Carolina needs. When, when they've been at their best in the past decade and a half or so under Roy Williams, it's been when you have someone like a Ty Lawson who can get to the rim, score at all three levels, and be able to distribute and get uh, teammates in position to score and, and do well as well. And so the question is, R.J. Davis had this great game. Now we got to build on it. We need him to bring that on Saturday against Florida State. The question becomes, though, R.J. Davis is an undersized guard, listed at six foot even, and, and as we've already referenced, Florida State is always big and long, and so how will Davis be able to navigate that? 
similarly, sticking with the backcourt, is, is the question of Caleb Love. Um, who is is mired in this shooting slump. We've already referenced that we're going to push that conversation to Monday and talk about that. But there there have been glimmers of hope. You know, he made that three-pointer uh, right uh, to, to give Carolina a lead in the final minute against Clemson. And then that final play, whereas we've seen at other times in his career, Caleb Love drive, drive and just try and score in traffic even when it doesn't make sense on, on the final go-ahead bucket. He drove, drew the defense, dished off to Brady Manick for the go-ahead and ultimate game-winning layup. That is the Caleb Love we need pairing with R.J. Davis. If the two of them are going in the backcourt, you got to feel good about your chances, but it's just been so up and down. What we need from the Tar Heels backcourt is that consistency. That's the offensive side of the backcourt for Carolina. The big question on defense is, will they be able to stop Caleb Mills? Mills is a sophomore transfer from Houston. He bring, I don't know if you've watched Houston play, man. They're under Kelvin Sampson. They've got this great, tenacious defense, which is very much part of the Florida State ethos. And so he, he brings just, he is a Florida State seminal, right? And so um, he is their leading scorer coming in at 13.3 points a game. The problem is Florida State is only averaging about 71, and so they have Mills at 13, and they have two other uh, young men at 10 points, and nobody else is in double-digit scoring. Florida State is struggling to score the ball. So what that means, it's kind of similar to Georgia Tech. They have DeVoe and about nobody else, right? And so if, uh, if the backcourt is able to stop Mills' penetration and, and ability to get to the rim and to shoot, then... Carolina should be in a good place, but we've seen on so many occasions the, the inability of the guards to stop dribble penetration, and so that's where they're going to have to have that at a premium. The next question that I'm looking at is bench production on Saturday. As we know, and now all the more with the Garcia news, Carolina's uh, rotation and depth has been severely altered. And so typically, you know, we've got these five, the starters, and then beyond that, it's, it's Puff Johnson, Justin McCoy, Kerwin Walton. Really, th- just that eight-man rotation with a little bit, bit of Dontrez Styles and DeMarco Dunn sprinkled. And we did, we did see a little more of Styles on Tuesday night at Clemson, even getting some first-half minutes. And so, so maybe that is, is going to come into play. I, I think that Styles' athleticism would be huge in this game against Florida State, but obviously that's up to Coach Davis and, and who he wants to have in there. Carolina is going to have to get both minutes and production from their bench. Why? Florida State always rolls out 9, 10, 11 guys, all of whom uh, are averaging double-digit minutes. The, Coach Hamilton believes in all of them. He sends them out, and so they want to be able to wear a team down that doesn't rely on depth. In the past, Carolina has been able to match that, and it's not really a problem. However, we've seen this year that Carolina is not going deep into their bench, and, and that's fine if a team wants to play that way, but it can be a struggle when you match up with a team that is going to rely on their depth. So, what will Coach Davis get from his bench? And then finally, the thing I'm going to be watching for is how the team responds to the news of Dawson Garcia going public. And, and the way the reason I put it that way is because you have to imagine that the, the, the team knew before the public found out about this news. However, now that it's out in the public and everyone knows, 
how does that affect their performance? How does it affect the rest of the team's mental state going forward? Are they more free to play now, as we talked about earlier, because they, they know that, again, this is who we have, this is our squad? Or are, are they in their heads about it and, and missing their brother, missing their teammate? That remains to be seen tomorrow when they take the court. Well, it's going to be a fun one in Chapel Hill. The first game of Saturday's ACC slate, it's on ESPN. So a great opportunity to show something to a national audience <laughs> one week removed from uh, what happened against Duke last week. And so Carolina needs to show something on Saturday. Well, that's it for this edition of Locked on Tar Heels. Please, please, please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Let it drop in there for you every day. Please download them. That helps so much our numbers grow and grow and grow and gets this show into more people's ears. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. That's one S, two A's. And as always, there's a C in Shade. And if you like what you're hearing, do go tell a friend. Please bring them along for this ride that we're on together. On Monday, we're going to start by recapping this game against Florida State. We'll check on how the ACC race is shaping up heading into the final weeks of the regular season. We will have our postponed conversations about Caleb Love's shooting slump and the NCAA quads. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. Now, let me encourage you to make Locked on Bets your second listen today. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like every other show on the Locked On Network. Well, that's it. Have a great weekend. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace. Peace.